Living While Black and Disabled, with Tracy Garner, author of Introducing Disability, an Anecdotal Field Guide for the Rest of Us, on episode number 257 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. It is. It is. It's a part of me. It's a tool. It's a tool that enables me to move around my country and around my space. And so I don't know where I would be without just the advancements in the technology. I drive. I have modifications on my vehicle that allow me to drive with my hands. Okay. My life is full of adaptive tools, and I'm thankful for them because what kind of life would you have without some of these technological advances? So I'm grateful that I live in this time. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello again, good people, and welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Pleasure and a privilege. I consider it just an incredible honor that you've allowed me into your ears today. In the car, doing laundry, or riding your bicycle, whatever you're doing, thank you for allowing me a few minutes to speak about things that matter. Helping to overcome adversity in your life to achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. Coming to you, as always, from the Home Loft Studios, just outside of Indianapolis, Indiana, with a good message for you today, because we're looking to talk about uh, situations of overcoming disability. We're going to get into our special guest in a moment. Just want to let you know you can find out all about us at drbradmiller.com, and we also have some information about our courses and about our our, uh, coaching at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway. Our guest today, her name is Tracy Garner, and she's the author of many books, over 20 publications and 10 books we're talking about here today is her book, Introducing Disability, an Anecdotal Field Guide for the Rest of Us. We're talking about her story, about she overcame physical disability. She was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy at an early age, and this is a severe degenerative atrophy of the muscles, which meant that she has spent much of her life confined to a wheelchair. And what others considered a a stigma and a hurdle, uh, she sees as an opportunity to educate and to illuminate. And moreover, besides her muscular dystrophy or physical disability, she is also a black woman. So we talk in our conversation here today about not only about her physical disability, but how the factors of being a black woman and being black and disabled and a woman are all factors that she had found to be a challenge in her life and an adversity in a sense to overcome, but certainly not an adversity really in the way she she saw it. Disability to became opportunity. We're going to talk about here today because she took the situation and she was able to enter a writing contest and became the grand prize winner in a contest sponsored by the BET network. And that led her to a career in writing and eventually to become not only a college graduate, but a college professor. She's also a graphic designer and a successful businesswoman. This is an incredible story. She has an incredible story, and you're going to want to listen to her, the story of Tracy Garner today. 
today. We're going to tell her story today. This is part one of a three-part series. We're going to tell her story today about how she overcame these things and became successful in her own right, in her own life, and we can learn some lessons from that. Then next time we get together on episode number 258, we're going to talk specifically about her book, uh, Introducing Disability, an antidote field guide for the rest of us, the steps that all of us can take to be aware about how we can use our language and our actions and our attitudes to be helpful to all of us with disabilities, which is all of us really. So that's an episode 258. And a two hundred episode number 259, I'm going to do what I like, love to do. Take these two episodes with Tracy Garner. I'm going to reflect on them with you. And I'm going to have my own teaching out of my own life experience about who carries who. I'm going to tell you a fascinating story about uh, me, myself, and one of my professors who was in a wheelchair and my relationship. Great stuff here today. I hope that you'll tune in and listen carefully to the story of Tracy Garner. You're going to love it. Let's get into the conversation with Tracy Garner right now. One of the challenges people sometimes have is disability. And we have a great guide for us today. Her name is Tracy Garner, and she's the author of several books and is a speaker and a writing coach and a course creator. And she's written fiction and nonfiction, particularly targeted and depicting African-American folks triumphing over adversity and meeting success in love and life. She's a public speaker, and she has a coaching program. And today, among other things, we're going to be talking about disabilities and her advocacy of that and her field guide, Disability, a field guide for the rest of us. Tracy Garner, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you, Dr. Brad. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here and to chat with you and share about my journey and awesome. one of your four Ds you were telling me about. Yeah, the, <laughs> it is excellent to have you with us as we we really do focus on helping people understand to identify their adversities they've had in life. And some are somewhat hidden. Someone may be able to, you know, depression, for instance, sometimes mm-hmm. people can gloss over that by by just trying to get through life. Yes. But other people have other more prominent adversities, and you happen to have some physical challenges, challenges, disabilities, and which and means all kinds of challenges, not only with yourself personally, navigating the world and things like that. And you're going to teach us some things about this here today. But tell us a little bit about your story, particularly mm-hmm. your a little bit about your background and what got you then into your life now as an author and an advocate for people with disabilities and helping teach folks who don't have disabilities how to integrate with that. Sure. So I am Tracy Garner. As you mentioned, I live just outside of D.C. in Virginia, and I've been disabled all my life. I was diagnosed at age two with muscular dystrophy. That is a neurological neuromuscular disease that makes your muscles weaker over time. And I walked until I was about 10 years old. And then I never really walked outright, just always holding on to things, using my crutches until I needed to use a wheelchair. And I actually got a wheelchair in elementary school, about five or six. And I'm from my mom's in the choir and sings. And my dad was a pastor. And so I think that my upbringing and stuff, they really taught me to be a faithful person and to just have such a great attitude, even though I would have what most perceive as a limitation, as a disability, but it's really starts in your mind. You can really overcome a lot of things if you can 
win in the mind first, and then the mind will direct the body to keep going, the mental fortitude and everything. I grew up in, uh, I have an older brother who's five years older than me, and he's in the military, or he was, he's retired now. And uh, I went to public school, I did everything everybody else did and had a pretty normal life. I was mainstream most of my life since about the fourth grade. And I've been in regular classes for a long time, but I've always had this strong voice and this very opinionated, sassy kind of response to things that often got me in trouble. So I've just always used my voice to talk and tell people what I want and need. And it's gotten me very far a lot of trouble, but also far in my life. And using the tools that are available to you, but it sounds like the wheelchair has just been a part of your life for most of your life. That's your reality, right? It is. It is. It's a part of me. It's a tool. It's a tool that enables me to move around my country and around my space. And so I don't know where I would be without just the advancements in the technology. I drive, I have modifications on my vehicle that allow me to drive with my hands. Okay. My life is full of adaptive tools and I'm thankful for them because what kind of life would you have without some of these technological advances? So I'm grateful that I live in this time. And you mentioned how this is your reality that you live with this and you have dealt with it, but you not only have dealt with it, you have thrived in many ways, as you say, using your voice and you've used your voice to be an author and developing your own business, your own coaching career and a, and a speaker and an advocate in this, in the world of disability and accessibility and or inaccessibility in some cases. So tell us what, how that you got from growing up with this reality to really then leaning into it, mm-hmm. writing and all the other things we've mentioned here. I think that a lot of my writing got, if you will say, excavated and really found through having a disability. I often had to write things, write a letter to get some assistance, tell my doctor, here, do this form. They wouldn't do the form. So then I'd do it myself and be like, here, sign this. So a lot of these things just came out of that. I wanted to move forward in a program, in an area. I wanted access to something. So I was just like, this is not going to happen unless I lead and tell people. So a lot of that writing started from just needing to advocate for myself. I had to write testimonials. I've been in front of like boards of supervisors who make decisions and tell them why we need this or that. And also had to use public transit for a long time, almost until my thirties, until about my late twenties, I had such a hard time getting the vehicle modifications that I needed approved by the state because the state was going to give me financing and financial help. And then I had a case manager who was just like, I don't think you deserve it. He didn't say that, but he denied me seven times. Mm. So I got to writing. I wrote like 14 pages of just justifications. And my life is like just one big, long, justifying circumstances of why I need what I need in order to live a good quality of life. So that's what it was born out of. So that writing you did, the 14 pages, was that in a, for a specific issue, a public transportation mm-hmm. issue or something of that nature? And I Always. know that the whole, I'm just aware about the public transportation matters in my own city of Indianapolis and how that's a real challenge. It is, we could almost take off on a whole different tangent on that whole issue, yes. there, couldn't we? <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, my point is you took action on that right. on mm-hmm. that area. And that's why I want to go with you here for just a minute here, Tracy. You didn't just sit back and let life happen to you, which is the temptation for a, a lot of us, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in. And it still is. It yeah. always will be. Yes. And, but let's talk about 
the actions that you took. You mentioned mm-hmm. letter writing or writing letters. Yeah. What are some of the other actions that you took to help you break out any patterns of being stuck to become mm-hmm. successful? What are some actions you took, both an outward focus, writing letters and so on, or maybe even a, an inward focus? What are some of the actions that you took? A lot of the actions that I took were I'd always find out when there was public comment being accepted. It was very nerve wracking to go in front of all these people sitting up in this high desk looking down on you like, what are you here for? You got your three minutes to make your case. And I guess that's where storytelling came from. I told them a story about what I was going through. And I also challenged them. Like, have you ever been riding a bus and stuck on there for two hours because of traffic, because they have to pick up three other people with disabilities, because they have to, because they're never on time. You know how this affects my employment, my ability to get to work. I was 16. I had my first job and my parents weren't always available. They had their jobs um, to take me everywhere. And I just wanted my own independence. So those things propelled me to write the letters, to give the public testimony. We got a route. This was like 10, 15 years ago, extended here till 10 p.m. when an adjoining county next to mine was able to have transit for people with disabilities until 2 a.m. They had a law where they had to run as long as the metro did. And I was like, why don't we have that? Just because we have some part of the county that is a rural area? Like these things were really mad. So it was really the anger that propelled me. I wasn't like stark raving mad, sure, but I was just like an angry enough to be propelled. Well, that this you isn't be- fair. You became a really motivated proponent, for right. an advocate for, for your rights and yes. deservedly. And, and for a lot of folks, I know with disabilities and many other circumstances, elderly and so on, public transportation oh. is really <laughs> one of the only alternatives mm-hmm. they have. So you took that kind of action and you got some attention. And then eventually it led you to writing some books, uh, fiction and nonfiction, things like this. And so how do we get to that point? How do we get to the point of, I take it that part of your career now is coaching and writing and so on. Mm -hmm. A little bit about your writing and your coaching. So even though things were, I'm moving things, I'm growing up in my academic life and being a young adult. What was the hard thing was having a relationship. I actually got rejected by someone when I was going to college, and I actually did not like college at the beginning. It was so hard for me. And during math class, I would draw into myself, and I found real, almost a soothing feeling writing about characters who also face adversity, but who overcome it. So I was writing to my desired end by creating a fictional world that led me to live vicariously through them. And they would face adversity. There'd be some drama. There'd be somebody trying to kill them. None of that happened in my real life, but you feel like you're being oppressed sometimes. But uh, just doing that was very cathartic. And it allowed me to dream. I really wanted to escape math class because I could not solve the problems that were on the board. (laughs) And I wanted to dream. So I withdrew onto paper and started writing these stories. And I wrote a full length novel and I submitted it to a publishing house. And I was really looking at that time for validation. And I also really, the main thing was, again, I didn't want to be stuck at home. I didn't want to have failed my academics and have nothing to fall back on. So I just thought, let's, first of all, let's pray. I did pray for something else. And I had no idea what the something else was until I saw the writing contest. And I was thinking, wow. So I hurry up. I hurried up and finished a story in order to submit to this contest. And I won. I won the oh, contest. Wow. I got the grand Indeed. prize. I got a trip to New York. 
and they paid for me and my parents to go up and accept my award. And the other condition of the contest was publication of the book in one of their upcoming releases. And that was just life-changing. That validated me, that told me I could write, or at least write enough that some small group of Mm -hmm. people likes it, enough to buy it and put down money for it. And so that just motivated me to, it was just a wonderful, life-changing thing. What a great affirmation. And then you said part of your motivation had to do writing the creating these characters and so on came out of your own sense of wanting relationships and so on. Did did any of this kind of help in that area? Did it manifest itself in friendships or relationships or anything else in your social world, for instance? It did. And in fact, one in one really scary way, I have a book that I have not finished and I met someone and they, the story was about a young woman. The story hit close to home and that's why it's not finished um, because I just haven't gathered up my my determination to finish it, but I will. I really do have plans to finish it. But there was just a young man that in the story, he's a great guy. His mother died of cancer and he has an accessible home that he made for his mother. And a girl that he likes also has a disability. When she goes and visits him, he has this wonderful home that is like a dream to her. And he's also an architect, I should mention. He's an architect and he built this. He built this for his mother. His mother died. I met someone whose father died of cancer. He had an accessible home. I could go and visit and just be with him. And that was just, that was wonderful to me. It might not seem like much to people, but it was like writing out what really happened. I thought it was just the weirdest thing. Most homes that I visit are not accessible to me and I don't visit them for that reason. So to find someone who had an accessible, I know you could build anything. My point was, is that it was already like that. And here I had written this story with some of the very weird, similar things. So yes, it can be a manifestation. I don't plan it to be like that, but it's just amazing that something like that could occur. And it was really eerie. And sometimes I wonder if the relationship (laughs) stopped because I haven't finished the book. Yeah, well, like, what if it, I finish it, that's there. Like, sound like that's another chapter yet to be uh, played out here, perhaps. Definitely. Perhaps. Yeah, stay yeah. tuned. Come back yeah. in a year and yeah. see what happens. <laughs> Tracy, you mentioned, touched a little bit of, you mentioned prayer life as a part of what your experience was. Tell me a bit about any kind of a connection to higher power, your, your belief system, prayer, anything along this line, which has been a part of your experience in supporting you or helping be a resource for you to uh, get through these times of adversity to become a writer and other other things that you've done. And one of the other things I just want to mention back to the writing for one sec is that writing led me to a community of other writers. And that also helped me. It was like, I'm struggling in school. I don't quite feel like I fit in with the people here. They're all doing well, most of them in their academics. And if they're having a hard time, they don't show it. And so writing was like, I wanted to learn so much about the craft that I began to go to workshops. I began to join my local chapter local romance writing chapter that I'm a part of here. I actually became president of it just two years ago. And that was a one year term. But those things helped me continue to hone my voice and my skill and also rise to leadership, to be a leader in pandemic times and lead a group. Largely found your community. But my prayer life is really just, I just believe that God is with me to help me do get mad at him. It's like any other relationship at times, just the anger and resentment that I still feel, even though I handle my disability, that is not to say that it isn't without moments of real annoyance, that something is not working, frustration, that I can't 
participate in the way that I want to due to my disability, but it's about handling those things, making peace with those things, that this is your reality and that you still can be successful and have joyous moments, even though you have a chronic condition. Like I just know and feel God's, even when I'm writing, especially, I feel like God is telling me, put this in here about this. And sometimes I have no idea why? Sometimes I even ask out loud, why? Sure. What does that have to do with it? A valid question, though, the why and the patience issue. My goodness, I, I think the persons I've encountered in my life, I've been a, I was a pastor at church for many years, and some of the church buildings I was in were not very accessible. In fact, mm-hmm. one of the major projects I had at one of my churches was building a very long ramp just mm-hmm. to get some very basic accessible, even accessibility and develop an accessible restroom and so on. But what I'm going to, as I've just been amazed at the patience of the people that I've encountered, I never will forget when I was in grad school, I went to Northwestern in the seminary in Northwestern Chicago, old main building. One of our professors Mm -hmm. was a woman who was confined to a wheelchair. And anyhow, she, they put her, they taught, she, the class she taught was on the second floor. <laughs> and in order to get there, myself, I was on a team of about eight guys mm-hmm. whose job was to carry her wow. from the first floor to the second floor. And I could see, in retrospect, I could see how that could have been and should have been humiliating to her, could have been yes. humiliating mm-hmm. to her. We, she but took it in stride and had a good attitude about it. But in later years, I thought... This is just totally not right. Not necessary. Right. She had to do that. I, me and these other guys didn't mind doing it, but it was no easy task. To be right. It's dangerous. It was yeah. dangerous. Yeah. It's yes. a liability it issue. It was mm-hmm. crazy dangerous because this was a whole building with relatively steep steps. And oh, I've talked enough about it, but you get the idea here. What I'm getting at is that you, the spiritual aspect and the other aspects of your emotional wherewithal, has to speak to your situation to help people get through that, yourself mm-hmm. included. We're going to leave it right there and I'll leave you just wanting more with Tracy Garner. And we hope that you'll tune in again on episode, our next episode of To Be Encouraged with Dr. Brad Miller. So we hear more from Tracy Garner on episode 258. She's going to talk specific about the practical steps that you can do in your life to overcome your disability, which may be a physical disability, but maybe something else as well. She's going to talk about what is involved with her about her book, A Field Guide for the Rest of Us, and how there are some practical steps that we all can take to overcome disability and how we relate to people with disabilities. So you want to tune into that. Let's talk today, though, for just a minute about some of the takeaway points from our conversation today with uh, Tracy, uh, with Tracy Garner. She chose not to be a victim of her circumstances. Yes, she was. Confined to a wheelchair. She was struck by a terrible disease, muscular dystrophy. And besides that, what many people would feel would be some challenges to overcome. She is a woman and she's a black woman. Those are all there. Those are real factors. Those are circumstances. But she did not let that hold her back. She took action regarding, for instance, regarding public transportation. She became involved in that issue in her community. She got engaged. She took action. And in some cases, she even got a little agitated, a little angry in order to gain some attention. And there are times that are appropriate for this. Jesus talked, you know, got angry with the money changers in the temple, uh, for instance. It does happen. And it led her then to not only take action in public forums, but to begin writing about it. And her writing 
led her to have greater impact through her writing. And it also led her to a community of other writers, a support group. The point is, she did not stay cocooned. She didn't just stay at home and have a pity party. She got involved and got engaged. I love that about Tracy Garner. And I love, um, you're going to love hearing more about her, uh, more about her story and how it applies to your life in episode 258. Then in episode 259, I hope that you'll tune in with my reflections that I give out of the teaching of my life. You know, I have 42 years as a pastor and and a doctoral degree in transformational leadership. And I got some things I want to share with you about uh, the topic of who carries whom. Uh, I'm going to talk about my uh, uh, fascinating experience with a one of my professors who was confined to a wheelchair. So I hope that you'll tune into that in episode 259. Here on the Beyond the Adversity podcast, we are here to serve you. People who have adversity in their life and want to get through it who want to grow through what they go through. You can head on over to drbradmiller.com for over 250 episodes of this podcast. I'm going to speak to the five D's of adversity, depression, divorce, disease, debt, and death. We have experts on all those areas that can speak into your life, and I'll bring my own track on it as well. My teaching about the ACTS plan, the ACTS plan, which is A is take action, the C is to connect with a higher power, and the T is to think with discipline, and the S is to serve others with love. You can learn more about all this at drbradmiller.com and at our uh, site that has to do with our teaching and our courses and our coaching at drbradmiller.com slash 40dayway. We love being with you. We love to serve you. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. We want to hear to serve you, our community here at the Beyond Adversity Podcast. Look forward to seeing you next time. We hear more from Tracy Garner here on the To Be Encouraged. Until then, good people, remember to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. Or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.